0: everyone, welcome to the Third Culture Kid virtual online forum where our conversations of TCKs and faith come together. I'm Jonathan and I'm an MK from both America and Nigeria. VOF is a place for people to share their own stories and learn from others. It's a place people can safely explore the effects, benefits, and purpose of their cross-cultural upbringing. We also want to challenge TCKs and cross-cultural kids to think deeper about how the cross-cultural component of their lives is tied to their faith. This podcast is brought to you by Crew, a caring community passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. Another group of people who are not generally thought of as quote-unquote TCKs are international and interracial adoptees, but similar to multi-ethnic kids. Those who grew up as adoptees live in this weird blending of cultures. Sometimes, like in the case of my adoptive siblings, they know their ethnic culture well and then have to blend their new family culture into their lives. Other times, all they know is their family culture, and they have to learn their ethnic culture as they grow up. Today's panel will talk about what it's like being international and interracial adoptees. So first off, give us your name and where you're from and then where you were adopted from. Whoever wants to go first. I don't really have an order.
1: Start us out. My name is John C. I am from Illinois. I was adopted, spent the first nine years of my life in foster care, but I was adopted from South side, Chicago, and I was raised by a loving godly white family on a pig farm in the middle of Illinois near Champaign-Urbana. Nice. Thanks,
2: John. I'll go next. So my name is McKenna Tay. I was adopted from China when I was 10 months old. And so I'm Chinese, my family is white and I moved to Colorado when I was 10 months and then grew up there for the first 15 years of my life and then moved to Texas as a transition and then finally have moved up to Seattle, Washington and which is where I'm currently located.
3: So my name is Chandran Higgins. I was born in India and I was adopted at the age of two. I grew up in the Midwest, Ohio, Central Ohio. I grew up there most of my life, went to college in Indiana, and then moved back to Ohio.
0: Like, this podcast is called VOF and so when we talk about TCK's Third Culture Kids, we're mostly talking about this concept of People who've grown up, exposed to one culture, and then in a different way, exposed to a second culture, creating a third culture. So like my example would be first 10 years of my life. I grew up in Nigeria. So all around me was African culture. But because my parents were American, my household was American culture. So there was also Mm. that and the way I was being brought. My life was kind of a blend of African culture around me and then American culture at home. And I mixed it together to create my own third culture. For you guys, what were some of the things about your parents' culture that you have attempted to make a part of your own third culture?
1: So, I think for me, Jonathan, my family is like simple, salt to the earth, pig farmers. It's a lot about like hard work and uh, having a firm handshake. Whenever I'd leave the family home, it'd be remember represent Christ. But also, remember. The Hughes name means something, you know? How that plays out in my life, try to be really respectful, try to work hard. I try to be humble, try not to be too highfalutin, is what my grandma would say. But just try to stay very low to the ground and chill.
2: Yeah, similar to John, my family, I grew up with horses and chickens. And so I feel like there's just this inner. Country girl that lives in there somewhere. I think I've grown up to realize that I love the city, but it's definitely in there as well as I think I love just American holidays. I love Thanksgiving. I'm so excited for Christmas. I will eat all of the turkey and ham. And, you know, I feel like American food is probably some of them. Well, oh, I do love Chinese food, but I feel like I love a good hamburger and pizza. And so I feel like food really influenced just how I am today as well. And a way that spiritually, I think my parents were also really strong Christians who Mm. really invested a lot of prayer into my life. And then my grandparents are also from the South. So they have a little bit of that Southern Baptist prayer and values as well that I think I still hold to today.
3: I think for me, growing up in the Midwest, you kind of learn how to be hardworking and how to just do the grind and be respectful and just like, and just learn like that your name is valued. I also learned from my parents just to love God and to love people Mm -hmm. each and every day. And that's something I've taken to heart. And I think that's something I really want to, want to teach my kids as well, is to be hardworking and to love God and to love people.
0: Okay, so the flip side of this, as you guys said in the intros, all of you guys were kind of adopted at a bit of a younger age. I know, John, so you were a little bit older than the other two. That would put you guys more so in the category of you, I guess your entire upbringing was a little bit of your family culture. This is kind of going to be a two-part question. What have you guys done to learn some of your, I guess, ethnic or blood culture? I don't know, tr- ethnic culture. And what are some things from that culture that you've tried to incorporate into your life? I
1: think for me, just the uniqueness of my adopted family, we're just very conservative, like fundamental Baptist. It wasn't until I went to Moody with you, Jonathan, that I even really saw myself as Black, which sounds ridiculous, but I think is learning a lot more about like my hair. I used to have really short hair. So as you're growing up my hair, listening to a lot more like gospel and R&B and just different parts of like the African American community that's celebrated. I kind of started to try to read more about like MLK and George Washington Carver. I also would say that one thing I've really enjoyed when it comes to getting to know my blood family a little bit more is how much it seems like minorities really value family, whether it's aunts and uncles, grandparents, it's just everyone kind of lives together. So I hope to adopt that where my adoptive family who are loving people is just more like traditional kind of white uh, fact of like grandparents, we love them, but they will go to the nursing home because it's kind of what happens. And the fact of we like our cousins,
3: but we'll see them once a year if they show up at the holidays, but you know. Uh, Indian culture is all about your family and your family name, family's everything. Just like John C., you see an Indian families, grandparents are living there, cousins are living there, aunties, uncles. I think that's something I want to be a part of my family is just your family name is everything. And I want my kids to grow up valuing that. Also, having the ability to work with Indians the last couple Mm -hmm. of years, I have learned that they're probably the most hardworking people I've met. And I've. That's like been really encouraging to me. And that's something I've really valued and just learning like different holidays they take is like, what does this mean? Or what God is this? Or like just something like they don't even like take to heart, but I think it's very valuable.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Learning about different holidays and our ethnic background as well. I think for me, something that I had growing up, kind of similar to John, I just saw myself even though I intrinsically knew I looked different than my family who had you know blue eyes and um, whatnot, I think I realized that I, I did look different. And so it's something that I sought out in myself to figure out this side of me that was Chinese. And so I, it was actually a huge jump. I think I wanted to start learning Chinese maybe when I was like 10, but I just didn't have enough courage to. And I saw myself as white or all of these different things. And so finally, When I turned 16, I ended up starting to go to this Chinese church in Texas. And there I started making Asian American friends who spoke Chinese, kind of also just gave me an awareness of what Asian Americans are like. And then through there, I decided to pursue Chinese classes on my own. And then I went to Taiwan to study abroad there as well for a year. And I think that really helped my language ability. And I think in a way, it really did help me connect with this Chinese side of myself, that I think I had been missing. And I think I still am because I'm not fully there. And kind of, as we're talking about third cultures, I don't think I ever will be, but my husband is actually Chinese Malay. And so his family immigrated from Malaysia to America. And then when we went back, we had a second wedding and then that got to be very traditional Chinese. And so I think in that way, I also tried to adopt different, I guess, customs from my heritage culture as well.
0: that same theme of your heritage culture. So something that I've learned through some of my research and Code Switch, NPR's podcast on race and ethnicity, talked about this in, they did an episode on transracial adoptees. And something that they talked about is this concept that white people are less likely to talk about race in a family setting than any other ethnicity. And that really comes into play when you have transracial adoptees and things like that. And They had a lot of interviews, talking to lots of people, and it was kind of across the gambit of whether or not their white families focused on their ethnic identity or what that looked like or things like that. So since all of you guys were adopted by white families, what did that look like for you guys? Did your family do anything to try and incorporate or teach about your ethnic identity? If so, what? If they didn't, what do you think they could have done or what would you like to have done? That kind of thing. So I guess with my family,
1: they are just very much King James only. The King James Bible apparently doesn't talk about race. So I learned like nothing about race, which was at my detriment, to be honest. So I think if I have the opportunity to adopt a beautiful Hispanic girl or an Asian boy, I would love to have the opportunity to learn alongside them about their culture. That's something I missed out on and I'd want to be hopefully, Lord willing, humble enough to just learn alongside
3: them and give them that opportunity to learn about their culture? I would say for me, my ethnic culture was known, but it wasn't emphasized. Mm. I I think my parents didn't really cultivate it as much as I wanted them to. I was exposed to Indian people. Like I said, my parents had Indian friends. I grew up with playing soccer with Indians but I never really like was aware of my ethnic culture or what it meant to be Indian growing up. So that's something I want to teach my kids is be aware and be proud of what your ethnic background is.
2: Mm. Yeah. I feel like my parents they did a job of it was just known that I was Asian and I think in some ways they tried to encourage me or celebrate it just by maybe being like, oh, hey, you know, you can dress up like traditional Chinese clothing or whatever. However, I feel like I do have extended family that just definitely were like, oh, you're a part of our family. And I think in this kind of day and age, tried to blanket it with colorblindness and okay, because they wanted to express that they loved me. And I realized that they loved me a lot but then it was just was, you know, buried instead of talked hmm. about. So I think that was very much a lot of my experience that things weren't addressed or things were, not I had questions, but I don't know if I wanted to ask them because I knew it would be combated with this. Oh, but we love you so much, hmm. um, which is nice, but I think there was deeper things underlying.
0: That's interesting. It's interesting for me also to hear that perspective being, I guess, On the other side of uh, transracial adoption, a little bit. And I know like my parents were a little different in that, having spent time overseas and things like that, they Mm -hmm. kind of had, I guess, a different appreciation than most traditional white families. And I know like our house just kind of became semi Ethiopian as soon as my siblings came in. At one point, complained to my parents that we had Ethiopian food more than we had Nigerian food. But at the same time, there was, it was also interesting watching my extended family kind of adjust to that as well. And it's just interesting with how my siblings and even my my wife, who was adopted by her stepmom, just watching the way her family is kind of tiptoed around that whole you're in the family, but you're not in the family kind of feeling Before the last question. Any I threw in like a random story, any responses to that before? I guess like something that hit me that I want to be so careful. Adoption is
1: incredible. There could be people who are like, oh, I have the color that I've been given by God. So am I doing something wrong adopting a kid who does not look like me? Mm -hmm. I would want to say no, because so I was blessed to go through the foster care system and be adopted. There's so many kids who go through it and they're never adopted. So if a kid grows up in Southside Chicago in the hood with people who look like them and they go through all this rigors of that, it is better for them in my opinion, to be adopted by, let's say, a Christian, like, Amish family. Even mm-hmm. though it'd be so much culture shock, it'd be incredible, but it, yeah. they'd have both parents there, a roof over their head, good food, and, like, and the best education this couple could offer. So don't allow, I think, in 2020, we rush to we want, we want, um we want kids to be with their families, but that may not be the best thing. So, mm-hmm may we be obsessed with teaching our kids about the gospel, yet
0: be humble enough to learn alongside them about their culture. I really like that you said that. And I think that's also the importance of conversations like this, because I think it's just also a level of, I know I've experienced this with my wife's family. It's just a lack of knowledge of how to talk about this issue and how to talk and so and then and i've seen that really have effects on her in ways that's definitely unintentional by her family final question for you guys how has growing up in an adoptive family shaped the way that you look at the gospel and how has it shaped
3: the way you look at the church or your experiences with the church, especially now? I think for me, it's definitely adoption means so much to me. It's so like theologically deep in the fact
1: of, I guess we've all like tasted it in different ways. But mm-hmm. um, I would say what I've learned is that race is not an accident. It's God's sovereign will and his audacious artistry. So it is, it cannot be the focus of our ministry or how we live life together, but I think it's something, it's a unique way to interact with the gospel. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question.
2: Yeah, yeah
3: to bounce off that, I think we can use culture and we can celebrate it, but that's not what the gospel is. That, that shouldn't be the focus. That's a secondary to what the gospel mm-hmm. is because the gospel transcends all races and all cultures. And when we take away that focus, it kind of diminishes what the gospel is. We can use the gospel and culture in the church, but that shouldn't be the end of the day, because the gospel is Christ and Christ alone.
2: Yeah, I think for me, just how my adoption has shaped how I view God, I really just think it's amazing how God can change people's identities. And I feel like That's something that I really relate to and thinking about just people in the Bible, like Abraham, his name was Abram, and then Sarah, her name was Sarai, Um, but then the Lord just really shifted their name and with that, their identity. Um, I think that the Lord has given me just a new identity, and I think that when I was growing up, something that I really valued was just that verse that, that talks about the Lord wants to prosper you and you have a hope. In mm. you. And I think that when I look back on, you know, I lived the first months of my life in an orphanage that didn't have a hope or a future, but the ways that the Lord provided, I think that I see and relate to God a lot through practical provision is how I've really felt his peace and his spirit when he comes through in, in those ways. For example, at the beginning of COVID, I was also without a job. But then just praying and seeing God provide one in just different ways. I think providing a family who loved me very well, I think has been ways that I relate to the Lord through my journey with the gospel as well.
3: One
0: thing for me, just kind of in this, idea as well for you guys to react to as well. You guys all know this, but the concept of adoption is something that's heavily talked about in the Gospels, and it's like one of Paul's favorite views of what the Gospel looks like. But I think unless you've been through a process of adoption, specifically interracial and international adoption, I don't think you fully get the picture. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of preachers that I've heard preach well through these passages except for maybe David Platt just because he's been on that end of it with at least three of his kids have been adopted and what that looks like. And I know for me, I had to process through my parents' adoption and everything that went through Hmm. my parents, my siblings' adoption, everything that went through that before I could even process the gospel and how that looked like thoughts, I guess, on that before we wrap it up. I think what I've realized
1: in life guys, that, so much uh, going off what like also what McKenna kind of referenced is so much of just identity and figuring yourself out. Like what does adoption mean? And I think as much as every time I see a picture of me and my family, I always kind of feel on the outside because I do look a little bit different knowing that our savior was a little bit on the outside and he Mm -hmm. was a little bit different. So the rigors and life of an adoptee is no different than let's say the struggles of being the son of God and like, and what Christ went through. So having a father like, that trying God who weeps over us and will consistently, I choose you and choose you again. Cause we've all heard like the horror stories of like the loving family that adopts this kid who acts like a little hellion and then on their 18th birthday, they just like, Hey, I'm leaving. I'm going back to my real family. It's knowing that God the Father would say, and I choose you again and again and again. Mm -hmm. That just is breathtaking to me.
3: I think it gives hope to someone who is in the orphanage or who's been through the foster care that there is somebody that loves you and that wants you. Mm -hmm. I think that gives hope to the gospel and to the adopted family who does adopt that Mm orphan.
0: Yeah. Have any of you guys seen the movie Lion? Yeah. I can't make it through. I, I started crying. I never
1: finished it. it.
0: <laughs> that, I'm the same way with um, This Is Us. But <laughs> with just there's a line in, in Lion where for you guys who don't know, a, guy gets, a kid gets adopted from India to Australia. Then he goes back and he finds his birth family. And a mm. lot of that is just him with his adoptive family kind of dealing with what that looks like. And he's talking to Nicole Kidman, who plays his adoptive mother. And she's talking about the adoption process. And he goes, yeah, no, I know you and dad couldn't have kids. And so you adopted me. And that's how it works. She goes, oh, no, no, we could have kids. We chose not to because we fell in love with you. And I think that line and Nicole Kidman's character in general is just the most, one of the clearest pictures of God in looking at us as individuals that I have ever seen. And that is also very clearly seen in Nicole Kidman's relationship with The main character's adoptive brother, who is not very good and not very kind to his parents. And there's just always she's setting a place at the table for him. And I know that's been kind of my parents' relationship with one of my siblings. But yeah, so this is the first podcast that has had lots of different references. So Code Switch is that podcast on race. It's an NPR podcast. And then the movie Lion. And the pastor is David Platt, who wrote the radical books and all those other books. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation. It's always a pleasure for me to learn from others who have not only experienced similar things, but differently as especially I am moving through life and could potentially be on the other end of an adoptive relationship as well. And if you guys have really learned some stuff and you like what we have to say Please subscribe for more amazing episodes of TCKVOF. We are on all the podcast platforms. We're on the one you're listening to right now. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcasts, all of the things. So if you are so inclined, please leave a review and tell us how great we are. You could even be like, I really like that one point that John C. made, or I really like that one point that Chandra made, or... I don't listen to Code Switch, so that's a bad recommendation. You can tell us all of that as long as you give us five stars and that'll really uh-huh. help us with the metrics and getting our podcast in front of other people, specifically if you subscribe and leave a review, that'll really get our podcast in front of other people. Another great way to get our podcast in front of other people is to tell people about it. So please tell everyone you know who you think could benefit from this conversation about our podcast. If you want to stay connected to us and ask us a question or have a topic you would like to discuss in the future, you can click on the message button on Anchor to leave us a voice message. Thank you again for listening to TCKVOF, where our conversations of TCKs and faith come together. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week.